0: be in 1st John uh, chapter 2 and you know two weeks ago we uh, talked about that the the church house is designed for worship and I hope that we we understand that this morning uh, uh, last week we discussed that uh, joy is exhibited from us when we worship and people are attracted to that and that's good Uh, we want people to be attracted to our joy and this week, we'll kind of follow uh, the same uh, thought process, sort of on the same radar as I was doing some studying. Uh, we worship. Uh, this attracts people. And, and the next thing we as a church have to do is we worship, we attract people, and then we have to keep people. That's, that's sort of uh, an ideal thing within the church. And I think a lot of us, uh, I've you know, i already said that I'm not good with small talk. I, I'm not good at keeping friends i'm not i mean i have a very small handful of people that i talk to spend time with uh, i don't have 20 30 friends because i just can't it's uh, i i get overburdened uh, to try to keep up with that many friends but uh, we look at first john uh, chapter 2 uh, verse 19 if we would uh when you get to first john 2:19, please stand uh this morning to pay reverence uh John, First John, excuse me, First John chapter 2, verse 19, the Word of God says this, As They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we... Uh, thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for the scripture, Lord. We, we pray, Lord, that we can uh, help somebody grow uh, spiritually. Lord, we, we pray to, that this church will grow, uh, Lord Father, in, in many ways. Lord, we just ask for many blessings upon us. We, we pray, Lord, that you'll watch over us. You'll continue to lead God and direct, uh, that you'll use each and every week that we study, Lord, as an opportunity uh, for us to grow as Christians. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. In First uh, John uh, chapter 2, verse 19, we see a piece of Scripture that, you know, I look at this piece of Scripture a lot. It's kind of perplexing what John is trying to write. Uh, it's sort of thought-provoking. A lot of times, uh, each and every one of us know uh, situations that people have been in the church, they leave the church, we have... Uh, family members that we consider to be Christians, that they live a life that at one point that we question, are, are they really Christians? And, and I think that this verse of Scripture can be applied to a lot of different scenarios, uh, a lot of different things we can think about. But I, I thought as I was looking at it this week, uh, uh, people uh, leaving uh, work or people leaving uh, the church, but I thought of how it applies to the workplace. So the workplace is, has changed. In the last uh, 30 to 40 years, Uh, the workplace has changed dramatically. Uh, I remember, and I know people that that said, yes, uh, I started working there when I was uh, 18, 17 years old, and I worked there for 40 years, uh, and I retired from there. And today in society, you see that very little. Uh, You see very little uh, opportunities for people to go into a place work at this company uh, for X amount of years, and never miss it, and never quit, never never leave the workplace, they're working there for 40 years, and that, that kind of blows my mind, uh, because within my age group, uh, you usually don't see that. You don't see uh, my age group, or the last probably 20 to 30 years, uh, start working at a place and be dedicated long enough that they do not leave, and uh, we know that they don't because they, they don't trust their workplace, they don't trust the people that they work with, uh, Uh, But there's a lot of other reasons uh, uh, that people move within the workplace. And it's mainly due to to distrust. It's mainly due to a a lot of other things. But in the outside world, I want you to realize that that is called turnover. Most of us know that turnover is that people go to workplaces uh, and they don't stay. Uh, You can probably look at my career and say, Zach, you left here, you left here, you left here, you left here. And I see each one of them as stepping stones. You may uh, see them as different things, but I see them as as opportunities that I took in my career. And most of the people within that age group do that. I mean, they they do it. And and, and I wonder how that applies and how that coincides with the church about how my age group looks at the church. They go into it and they say, "Mm, I'm not really having fun here. (laughs) Just like I would at work, I'd say, "Mm, I'm kind of bored with this. I've been doing this for so many many times. I want to change. I want to be able to do better. I want opportunities. I want to move up the ladder. And it's the same way that, that we can reflect that right back to the church are we giving opportunities i don't want to say that we're entertaining them uh, but we have to do so much in today's society uh, to bring people in and to keep them now we go back to john chapter 2 verse 19 and i want you to realize not everybody that comes into the church, uh, not everybody that joins the church uh, is meant to be within the church. I want you to realize that. We can look at 1 John. Uh, uh, we can look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 66, uh, where it says very plainly uh, that many were with them, uh, but they left. There was many that left uh, Jesus' disciples. So we have to understand that Jesus' disciples had a lot of them that just completely deserted them. At uh, one time, there were hundreds of disciples, Jesus snipped it back to 12. As as we try to look at that as a church, we say, wow, Jesus really stunk it up. He couldn't keep people following him. That's not how that worked. The tough teaching sometimes drove the people away. Those people were not meant to be with Jesus up to the cross. We know that when Jesus got to the cross, everybody left him. He started off with 12. He ended up with none. We say, well, Jesus failed as a minister, if you want to look at it that way. And that's how a lot of people look at the church. I'm trying to focus the message today not on we have to fill seats or not on we have to keep everybody that comes in the door. But when people come in the door, they should feel three particular things we're going to look at. And we want to look at, just just for a moment this morning, about some things that we'll cover about how to retain people. Okay, we've, uh, we've exhibited joy uh, from our worship, uh, we've drawn people in, they want to be around us, they've become a part of the church, but now we have to keep them. And we'll, we'll spend just a little bit of time on the question being this morning is really how do we keep people within the church? Okay, the first thing that we're going to look at, bear with me this morning, y'all probably ain't going to like a lot of these, I didn't like looking at them. But the first one is forgiveness. Church, is, now these are going to be simple. I'm not going to give you a simple formula that says we've got to do this every Sunday and we'll keep people in, just not how it works. We're going to have forgiveness, okay? So we're going to look at a piece of scripture in Colossians 3.13 if you want to read it, but it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Do y'all realize the piece of scripture that that's trying, that, that, that wording there is Jesus gave us so much, He forgave us so much, forgive other people the same way. And I know I can stand up here till I'm blue in the face and tell you to forgive each other. But most of you know that I fall short with that. Most of you know that you fall short with that. Uh, most of the church realizes that we are not the best at forgiving people. Uh, we keep uh, a certain things within our own lives. We keep uh, a bad tempers. We have certain things. that. Uh, but the big thing that we have to think about is... We have to forbear one another. And I had to look at that for a moment. Other translation says that we have to bear one another. In so many ways, you know what that's trying to say? We've got to put up with each other. <laughs> that's what that's trying to say. We're going to put up with each other. Now, in so many ways, we have to do that in love. We have to do that in unity. We have to do that in a lot of different ways. But we've got to put up with each other. In a lot of ways, I think about my marriage with my wife. I just put up with her, okay? There's nothing that I can change about her. She is what she is. And she got to put up with me. I am what I am, okay? She didn't marry me, I hope to change me. And I didn't marry her to try to change her. When people come within the church and they join the church, I hope you don't say, well, uh, we're really going to change them. (laughs) That's not how it works. Uh, People are who they are. Yes, Christ will change people. uh, But people have their personalities. People have uh, who they are as a person a lot of times. You can't change everything about people. You have to forgive. You have to forbear. You have to put up with each other. There's certain things about my wife I hate. <laughs> I do. And she'll, 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 yeah. He says stuff about me that, you know, he just doesn't like the way that I do this. Sometimes I don't even like the way she cooks eggs. It drives me crazy. <laughs> we, 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 we try to forbear each other, forbearing one another. You know what I do? I put up with it. You know what I usually do? I cook my own eggs. <laughs> if I don't like the way she does, I'll cook. She, she knows. I come in there. She's cooking something. I'll stand over to the skillet. She knows. She knows I do this, and I'll watch if she's doing it right. That's wrong with me to do it, but I do it. And I hope that we don't, as a church, when people come into the church and they do certain things, we stand it, we watch them. You teaching Sunday school right? You, you you doing this right? you praying right? you you holding right kind of Bible? You're doing this right. I hope that we don't do that. But I do that. And I'm trying to show you as an example to, to church today. We have to forbear one another. We have to put up, well, yeah, I do that to my wife, but I love her. And I hope that she, and when she says so, she says, I'm tired of you coming in here judging me cooking. She says that sometimes. I leave. I say, fine. I, I'm going to try my best. I'm going to go into the living room, maybe watch TV play with the kids. Something. I, I'm trying not to focus on what I do not like that you're doing in here. And she's laughing about it because she knows I'm so guilty. I hope that we as a church don't do that with the people within it. I, I hope that we forbear, we put up with each other. And you know, I walk out of there and I, I try to forget what she's doing. You know why I do that? Because I love her. I don't always like the way my son gets dressed in the morning. I don't always like the way that my little girl's running through the house causing havoc, screaming, knocking things over. When we go outside, she's going crazy. She's up here trying to sing in the, in the microphone. i drives me nuts. I'm sitting back there inside internally going a little crazy. But I put up with her because I love her. I do. We forbear. We put up. You know, we, we, we are put together, I believe, this morning for a reason. We, we try to keep peace with each other. There's a lot of the ways we bear one another. We keep the peace with each other. We try not to be a pot stirrer. We try not to be negative Nancys like we talked about last week. We just try to be nice. We are called to forgive each other. And I want you to realize to be called to forgive each other tells us to be the one that goes and apologizes. How hard is that? How hard is it to say, yeah, I did wrong? How many of us like to go and say, "Mm, I didn't really say it the way I meant to say it the other day? I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I said something to you the other day and I really didn't mean to say it this way. And a lot of times I look at them and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I done forgot about that. If you rubbed me wrong the other day, it's it's gone. You know why I I forget a lot of those, those things? I, for- I forbade them. I put up with them. I love them. It just fell right off of my back. We have to accept, we have to apologize, and we have to settle disputes, okay? Nobody wants to be a part of something that everybody's nitnacking the whole time. Everything's going on. I am blessed at this church. I want you to know something. When we go into a business meeting, when we go into talking about things here, I love y'all. It's so smooth. Y'all thinking, what are you talking about, Zach? It's just so nice <laughs> to, to put up with just simpleness. It's, it's so great to be able to feel like, well, they might not agree with it, but they're putting up with each other. <laughs> they might not like go so-and-so, but I can tell they're putting an effort into putting up with them. They try not to have a, a quiet game. They try not to have issues. It is so nice to experience that. And I can see it, within this church. And I hope y'all know that each and every time I bring a message, I'm not trying to beat y'all down and tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm trying to tell you you doing it right. Y'all are forbearing one another very well. I know. I'm not good at small talk and y'all putting up with me. We need to forgive one another. The next thing we have to do, the second part of trying to retain people is forgiving, then we have to get to the most important, and I'll talk about it all the time, we're going to talk about it again, because it is so important, and that is loving people, okay? You have to love people. John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another, for by this shall men know that ye are my disciples. I'll say that again. For by this all men shall know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. I talked about retaining people, keeping people in the church. They'll know that you care and that you want them, that you want to uh, talk with them, that you want to build a relationship with them because you're exhibiting love. This is these little children are up here, I tell you, they, they don't have to, you don't have to worry about somebody disrupting a service. I love these little children. I, I love families. I, I hope you know that it doesn't matter that they're running around acting crazy. I probably did the same thing when I was a kid. We should exhibit them love. It's not the huh, start cutting around, huh? I've been in churches for kids running around acting crazy. Where's that kid's mom? <laughs> Where is that kid's daddy? <laughs> and, y- and y'all laughing. Hey, I've seen it. Hey. hey. Man alive, we're going to have to have a meeting there for church to try to keep these kids under control. I don't care. I know that I'm in the middle of my message, half y'all eyes looking at them kids. I don't care. You know why? Because I love these kids. We have to love one another. Just as Jesus loved us unconditionally, He did. He loved us enough. He went to the cross and He died for us. Why? Because He loved us. Even though He knew that there were people that hated Him, people that threw Him under the rug, people that totally uh, disowned everything about Him, that all the disciples would desert Him, He died on the cross for all of them. He did. Even for these little young running around acting crazy, for me getting up here acting crazy, whatever. He loved us enough that he died for us. That's love. Unconditional love. And if you want people to come into the church and feel a part of this church and you want to stay within this church, they've got to feel loved. I went into churches before, and I, I call them hugging churches, boy. <laughs> I, I've been to enough churches. I tell my wife sometimes, hey, you remember that church we went to? I think we got hugged ten times by everybody. It's like they got in a line and everybody hugged us ten times. Says Zach, that's kind of rude to say behind the pulpit. Hey, there are churches that will love you to death. Nothing wrong with that. I love it. There are certain people that don't like that. There are certain people that love that. I want you to know something today. Whatever it is that we have to do to show people love, if we have to just tell them, if we have to text them, if we have to send them a letter, you know, whatever we've got to do. People got to know they're loved. There are people right now, that haven't been within our congregation for months because of the virus going around. Do they know that they're loved? There are people that haven't been within our congregation for a while for whatever reasons, sickness, uh, health, family issues. Do they know that they're loved? If we want to keep people, we have to show them forgiveness. They have to know that no matter what they've done in their life, they've been forgiven, that we love them, we're going to move forward. They have to know that they're loved. And the next, the third thing is that we have to show and be united. Listen to me today, church. There has to be unity. And Zach, what are you trying to get at? John uh, chapter 17, verse 21, it says that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. If you really look at the scriptures that we've read this morning that ties to unity, that ties to love, that ties to forgiveness, it talks about the world knowing. They'll know. People will come within the church and they'll, they'll feel it, they'll know. I said, these people genuinely love me. These people genuinely forgave me for for my past life. These people genuinely are united with me. I can feel it within myself and within them. They, They think the same way. They love the same way. And you don't have to go to theology. You don't have to go to doctrines. You just have to go to loving Jesus. Do we love Jesus the same way? Do we love Him? Do we serve Him? Do we honor Him? Do we pray to Him? That's the kind of reflection that we have to have with people. That shows unity. We have to be a united front. And once again, church, I'll applaud you. I I feel like this church is very united. It is. You have the same thought process. You have the same want, the same drive, the same Savior. Praise the Lord. We're following the same God. Ain't that good? We ain't following a different God. We follow the same Jesus that was buried in a tomb and was resurrected. That ascended to the Father. That's, we, we have that type of unity within ourselves and y'all should be proud. Y'all should be happy. Yeah, once again, we go back. We've got joy already. I hope I hope I ain't getting... We, we, we done. Went past that. Y'all ain't got joy. we, we done. We've got to have the joy. We've got the unity. We've got the love. We've got this forgiveness. Isn't it good to be united with people? I love to go out with people that have things in common with me. I hate <laughs> to go out with people that I have nothing in common with. Okay? Now, who likes that? If you're a conservative, you probably don't like hanging out with a liberal. <laughs> if, you're, if you think this way, you probably, if you love guns, you probably don't like hanging out with somebody that hates guns. <laughs> I can't think of too many scenarios, but I want you to know something. You don't like hanging out with somebody that's completely different than you. In the church house today, I'm glad the spirituality, the, the unity, uh, the, the ideologies, I believe is so close within this church. We all trust and believe that Jesus is King. We all trust and believe that He is our Father, that He leads us, that He guides us. I hope that we don't have to get into the nitpicky nit, stuff. We don't have to worry about heavily preaching doctrines, because I'm glad doctrines don't get you saved. It's Jesus. That's the kind of unity that we need. And if there are disagreements, if there are uh, problems, stop, pray, and revisit that later. I've run across issues in my life and in in ministry and different things where unity was broken, there was problems. Nobody would stop and just take a minute to breathe and say, this ain't worth arguing about. That's just not I'm glad that Jesus is king. I'm glad we have to be united. I want you to realize that with these three things, the forgiveness, the love, the unity, I talked about keeping people in church. Now, I guarantee you, somebody was probably thinking at some point he's going to talk about doing a hot dog supper. He's going to talk about frying catfish. That's how you keep people. Uh, We're going to knock on doors so much. I'm not going to say that because that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God shows us examples of how to build a church And I'm not going to talk about small groups. I'm not going to talk about gatherings. I'm not going to talk about building a youth where the youth is strong and people want to bring their kids. I'm not going to say that because that's not what the Word of God says. There are many topics. Boy, all those topics are discussed by churches. They are. And we could try to set up our church service for a certain time. You know, a lot of churches do it at 11. A lot of them do it at 9 now. What do we want to do it at 12? And I... We we want to change the color of this. Do we want to... Uh, pr- I'm preaching from an electronic device. That scares people. We, we want to do something different. Lord, help us. <laughs> it takes unity. It takes love. It takes forgiveness. Can we forbear one another? Can we love one another? Can we unite and be together? That's what people want to be a part of. It is. Now, who wants to go into a group... <laughs> And everybody's got different opinions. Everybody's arguing all the time. Nobody seems to have joy. No, nobody wants to be a part of that. None of these things, the, the service times, the the, the the catfish suppers, the small groups, or whatever you want to think of, none of those things, I want you to realize, will keep people here that we're supposed to be here. They won't. I've seen churches do all kinds of and I'm not knocking any of those things. But if you're... Growth depends on your activities. That doesn't work. Can your activities be yielded because you love your community? Sure. Could you do this because you love this person, because you do that, because you love the community? Can you do this because you love the people in the church? Of course. But I'm not saying there's a magic potion. I'm not. I'm not saying... That we have to do a particular order of things. That we have to be here at a certain time. I'm going to preach to you too. Can we as God's people love each other? Unite and forgive. It is the very basis of how the church was started. It's the very basis. Because Jesus, He forgave us. He loved us. Then He sent His Spirit to unite with us. If there's any easier formula to agree with, we have to know that that's the formula. You're going to preach back to me now. That's what Jesus did for us. He did all those things so we could apply those to the way we live, the way our church functions, the way that we grow, the way that we spread the gospel. Hallelujah! Can we do those things as a church? And I hope that we forgive, that we love, we unite There's 3,000 other things that I could add to the list, but those three, man, they they hit home for me. They hit home for our church here. They hit home. I hope that you understand these three things is the basis. That's what people want when they come to church. They don't want the certain other things. They don't want this or that. They want to be loved. They want to be united. They want to be forgiven. As we get a verse of some song ready this morning, we have to really focus on reflecting today if we are really connected to these three things, and all the teachings, I'm not trying to say these are the most important, they're pretty big, but we have to forgive, we have to love, you have to unite. Are, are Are we that way this morning? I hope that as you've been a Christian, you've been saved, you've accepted God's grace, you've accepted the blood of Jesus, that you say to yourself, how can I bring somebody with me? You say, How can I go to church, have so much fun that I'm not bringing people with me, that I'm not telling people to come with me to church, that I'm not saying, My goodness, at the good time that we have over here, we want you to have a good time with us. What kind of wonderful thing are we missing out on if we don't understand the blessings that we have within our church? The blessings of these little ones. You're a blessing. You are. You see that little smile? What a joy. Are we united, forgiving, and loving this morning? As we stand, what page you got? 157. Page 157.